Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Quentin Scarborough, who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Quentin, what's up? Oh, man. It feels good to be here. It feels good to replace Matt. It, yeah. <laughs> Matt is completely irreplaceable. And now, <laughs> before I introduce you and who you are, I just want to go ahead and let everyone know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Now, Quentin, you are the founder slash pack leader of Paw Connects. Is this also true? That is very true. All right. We're going to talk more about that. But for those of you out there, you know, you like it when I like it when you're interactive. So go to Paw, P-A-W-C-O-N-X.com. So you can check out what they're doing. But Quentin, let's just go ahead and get started with saying we met recently at the Pure Pitch Rally where you were one of the, was it eight? Eight, eight, eight pitchers, as they like to say. But why don't you go ahead and uh, re-pitch us here and tell us all about what Paw Connects does. Yeah, so Paw Connects is the official platform for keeping your dogs happy and healthy. We are providing a simple, personalized user experience for dog owners to interact, network, and collaborate, while also offering exciting rewards and special discounts to local pet boutiques just based on where you are and where you consider home. Okay, so I have a problem. My dog doesn't have a phone. How does it use your app? Well, so that's that. <laughs> you know, in, until evolution catches up with dogs, uh, with that, that's where the owner comes into play. You're, you're as as an owner, you want to go to a dog park and you want your dog to a, to choose its preferred playmates. Dogs have a pure mother direct link to mother nature as far as who they are selecting to be friends with. I mean, you if you've gone to dog parks, you've seen dogs interact with other dogs, and then you've seen some walk right by a dog. I don't know what that criteria is, but what Paw Connects is doing is leveraging that selection. Once they select a preferred playmate, you as a dog owner put down the, the social barriers that are in the way of for social interactions and choose that dog owner as a, a friend so that you so that you and your dog can play with them on demand. Is that so so I'm basically using your app to denote and to know that particular dogs that my dog likes are somewhere somehow? Yeah. So it, it's, it's all about being at the dog park. When you're at the dog park and you're seeing your dog interact with another dog, you can look at the owner and just say, Hey, are you on Paw Connects? I see. Yes, I am. Well, uh, we're getting ready to leave, but I would love to connect back with you. And now instead of giving away your private information, that's one thing we are nowadays where we're not very privacy conscious, but we want to be in control of our privacy. We want indirect connections, not direct connections. And if we do give a direct connection, we want to be in control of you giving, of us giving you our phone number for a broader purpose rather than um, just to connect our dogs. Okay, I see. That makes a lot more sense. So, um, on some levels too, though, this is a this is a human connectivity app. Absolutely. Um, you know, like, and I and I, and I smile because when I was single, I used to go to the dog park, and <laughs> and I wasn't necessarily looking for other dogs. But, you know, there, it's nice to interact with people, too. And knowing. And so I've, I, I've had – I used to have a, a dog named Elvis, and he was a pit bull chow mix. 
and he didn't get along with a lot of other dogs. Mm -hmm. He was really, really nice in general, but other big male dogs, no, not a good match. So I could have actually like, I had to be careful because that could turn into chaos in a second. But overall, I would have been happy to know that other dogs were in or around the vicinity that he might have gotten along with. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we are. That's what we're leveraging. Even the, uh, we get a lot that, oh, my dog doesn't like a lot of other yeah. dogs, but it does like some dogs. So if you can meet up at the park with that particular owner, with that particular dog owner, or I'm sorry, with that particular dog, then that your dog and that dog are going to play and no one else's, no other dog is going to interfere with that fun, that health, that healthy fun. Okay. So let me ask a question. How the hell did you get started into this, man? Oh man. So life took me down to Branson, Missouri, believe it or not. And uh, when I got there, I bought my first house and like several other millennials, as soon as you get your first house, you, you buy your first dog. Sure. And when I was there, people said, kept telling me, make sure you socialize your dog. It'll help you meet new people in this new city. It'll help your dog reduce fear and anxiety. And we went out and we did just that. And we had a lot of positive experiences, very few negative experiences. However, all experiences led to the same result. We had no way of reconnecting with the other dog owners. It was just, as I mentioned before, the social and logistical barriers for exchanging content information were just insurmountable. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's, a, the struggle is real now. Yeah. All right. So later on in my dog timeline, I had a couple other dogs that, um, they were friends with every single dog. I mean, almost to the point that it was like, Hey, come on. I couldn't get them out. So like, I mean, what, what do you do in that situation? Can we thin down the selection or is this just about if your dog gets along with everyone, is the app just universal? Oh, the app is universal. One of the biggest things that we try are trying to leverage that we believe at, in Paw Connects is that the larger your, your network, the more information you have, the more opportunities you have. It's not just about uh, meeting at dog parks. It's also about spreading information, engaging in opinions. Um, for instance, uh, if, if I had a question on, I have a German Shepherd at home. If I had a question on what's the best dog food to feed my German Shepherd, I can use Paw Connects to propose, to pose a, a question and all other German Shepherd owners can respond. They, I see. There's no direct connection. They can't see who I am, but they can say, oh, yes, I have the solution to that almost like a, a big retail company where if you buy a product and you've already purchased it, it'll say, Hey, can you answer this question? I see. Similar, same way. Okay. So some information sharing and you know what that's, I mean, that's a good point. Cause you mentioned German shepherds and you know, German shepherds and a lot of purebred dogs um, sometimes have issues. I had French bulldogs and they had issues too. And they were, you know, they were different than, you know, every dog was different. Like I couldn't on really hot days. I couldn't take, you can't take a, a little fat snorty yeah. short nosed dog to the part they literally overheat and Absolutely. then German shepherds have, are historic for having, you know, hip and other issues. So sometimes those things can, can have different approaches to the way that they're handled. Um, the dog that I first mentioned lived an extraordinarily long amount of time and he was all, he had arthritis and stuff like that. So, you know, certain, there was at one point that one of my neighbors said, you know, my dog's old and it takes a certain kind of medication and it made the dog like it made my dog awesome. So I went and asked the vet and the, there you go. Boom. And I, I swear that added like three years to my dog's life because he was not in pain and he was doing a lot of stuff. And 
that kind of information sharing would have been pretty valuable. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why we say happy and healthy. I mean, sure. not, as, as they say, not everybody is equal is created equal. Not every vet is created equal. There may not be a vet, a vet that believes in using CBD for dogs. However, if you pose a question on, on Paw Connects and another three or four or five or six other dog, other German shepherd owners say, Hey, I gave my dog a certain type of CBD and his hip problems went away. Well, you were only talking to one vet. Now you're talking to a large community, not just in your local, but across the States, across, across globally, once we get to that point. So what's your background? Like, you know, we talked about how you end up getting into this, but what's your background, you know, personally or professionally that lined up well with this? Absolutely. So I'm a cybersecurity consultant by trade. So when one way it lines up is we, Paul Connects is is fully focused on user privacy. So making sure that a user is in control of the information that it puts out there. Uh, But I started off in Kansas City as a network engineer for Sprint out in Overland Park when the uh, Sprint campus was indeed the Sprint campus and only the Sprint campus. Yeah. Um, And for those of you that aren't in Kansas City, Sprint, oh man, that's probably been almost 20 years, opened this mega campus. I mean, when we say campus, it is a campus. It's like equipped to have like 30,000 people work there. And then like a year later, they moved to Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) And and they kind of move back, then they go back somewhere else. But yeah, so... It was an amazing experience. Yeah. So with that, and now network engineering, are you a developer? Uh, No, not a developer. Um, I started off in developing in in college, uh, but then once I realized I I wasn't equipped to sit behind a desk and program because I thought that's what I wanted to do, I enjoyed talking to people. So then I jumped into consulting. Okay. And that has kind of propelled me to where I am right now. Well, cybersecurity is kind of a big thing right now. So I'm sure that's keeping you busy. So... Um, and, and I always like to ask the, the straightforward and, and honest questions. How many people told you you were crazy for trying to build a dog social networking app? Believe it or not, because people love <laughs> dogs and you want to talk about all good things, happy, healthy dogs, you were like, oh, that's a great idea. Now, how many people actually invested financially or actually invested time? Very few because it's, you know, it's an entrepreneur, you know, it's a startup, you're crazy for doing it, but it's a great idea. Yeah, I actually wrote in one of my books that you should expect any any given percentage of people around you to tell you you're crazy, yeah. no matter what. Like you could literally have like a sure thing bet, and you're still going to get people yeah. that are be like, "You're nuts! Yeah, Why would you a, give up security?" It's but, a great idea, but maybe not great enough to quit your job, take out of your four hundred one k, and fully commit your entire family to this. Is that what you did? Ah, uh, that's what I'm 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 playing around. Okay, with. it's about I'm, I'm about one more decision to just diving right in well you always i you know sometimes you have to jump and then build wings i always say you just got to make sure you have the material to build the wings before you leave the cliff so but that's a different you know i mean that's always that's always the the big question that any entrepreneur has you know is like i mean i i gotta tell you man i think that it's almost like a marker for me when people start telling me i'm nuts i'm like man i might be onto something yeah and it's, I mean, it's like, I've literally had that milestone. Now I've been nuts on a couple of things. <laughs> you also got to know when to abandon ship sometimes. So, okay. So with that, let's talk about the pure pitch rally. Cause, uh, and for those of you, uh, interested, if you want to go back and get a little, a little backstory, you can go back to any, uh, over the last two years, full scale, Matt Watson and I have, wow, now given away $130,000 and and resource credits to a number of different um, startups and companies 
but what, what, how did you find out about the pure pitch rally and, um, and you know, what was your whole process of, of getting into that and, and getting prepared for it? Uh, yeah. So believe it or not, pure pitch rally kind of found me, they selected me just, um, from, uh, I don't know if I were, if I was recommended, but just the, you know, the, the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Kansas city is growing. So once you hear about a good idea, especially something that's as fluffy and lovely as this new dog app, um, I, they sent me an email and it was an absolute, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll move around in my entire schedule to be a part of this selected selection of eight entrepreneurs across this amazing ecosystem in Kansas city. So I, I jumped in on that. We had a great experience of learning how to pitch learning what it takes to to uh, be successful at pure pitch rally and uh it was it was an amazing experience so i i i was very happy with the the speech that i gave i think i brought a lot of energy to it and just kind of showed my excitement yeah you did what, well with what paul connects was you That's did amazing. well and i got you know and i'm gonna paint a, a bit of a of a uh of a word picture for those listening so pure pitch rally is uh is the creation of karen Fenaroli who um, is the CEO and founder of Fenerolian Associates, and it's intended to bring local bring attention to local entrepreneurship. And um, Karen is very tenacious and does an amazing job at going out and finding people like us, Matt Watson and I. And this year, she found forty five different people that are. And I'll be realistic; like most of these people, they're well, they're going to give away a thousand dollars right there on the floor, right there on the presentation floor. And many of them, much like myself, don't know who, what they're giving away and how much and to who until then. Now, with that, the pitchers, as we will, I, it, that's really what they are, the, the participating companies in this year, there were eight, have what, three minutes? Three minutes. You got three minutes to give a presentation to a room full of people that, I mean, they're important. Is that fair? The mayor was there. Yes. The mayor was there. People that own big companies um, from a whole lot of different things, your peers. And I mean, it's not exactly like a low pressure room to be in. And there's 200 people there. So you don't really strike me as someone who is is fearful of giving presentations, but you can see that you can see a little bit of the nerves on some of the folks that are presenting it's not it's not exactly the easiest room to throw someone into so how did that whole process go they they call them sharks for a reason yeah i mean you're you're being thrown in the ocean and you have to survive by uh, being confident you know sharks smell fear as they say it's true Um, but it was it was a a great experience and and definitely thank you for uh, saying that i i I appeared confident of course behind i mean that's what you have to do appear confident know that you've rehearsed your role know that you you love your passion you love this journey that you're on and and just go with it you know stand stand tall and and channel that inner entrepreneurship in you because this is either be successful or essentially you just had a great learning experience now try again you never want to start over yeah, and it's a different kind of pitch. Um, I get someone, one of the, uh, it was actually um, one of the participants had asked me, I ran into him about a week before and, you know, he said, well, you did this last year. I said, yeah, it's a different kind. It's not an investor pitch. Um, yeah. These people are more likely you can tug at their heartstrings. Yeah. And that's in the, and the, and the thousand dollar checks go out more to like, well, for example, um, calving technologies, 
mm-hmm. probably got eight or nine thousand dollars in checks, and that really surprised me. But it, then again, it didn't because as people stood up and you know these, you go they kind of go down the line and give away these checks, and they said, "Well, I grew up on a farm, yeah. and we lost a few a few calves." when I was young and I remember that was really lame yeah. and I was like, yeah, okay, well, hey, but that tells you, you know, it kind of validates it. Now you were not the only dog and pet related yes. pitcher. I was a little surprised with that. There was another one that was a bestie B and B and they'll be in and be on the podcast soon enough, but they uh, offer a solution that tries to um, place dogs into temporary homes for places like for, battered women's shelters and places like that. It's a interesting model. Um, and, and that drew some attention too. Oh, yeah. So how many, how many checks did you get? I got one. One. Got one. <laughs> okay. And you got five grand from us too. Yes, and, yeah. And that is well. So it, it, we, we walked, we didn't walk away empty handed. We definitely walked away with additional momentum to keep pushing and keep going. We still think we have a great idea. Well, if anything, you put your name on the map. Yeah. And that's the main thing. So, all right. So how far along into this are you? Uh, we just got the email back from Apple as far as our beta test was approved. So it's in the Apple store. Nice. Only, only approved uh, testers can use it as of right now. A little, but, uh, t- it, little test flight? Yeah, it's the, it's the winter time. We don't <laughs> expect very very many people to be active at dog parks. It's a uh, good, time every, to, good time to get some bugs yeah, out. Yeah, it's a good, good time to get some bugs yeah. out. Not everybody has a German Shepherd like mine that enjoys sitting in the snow or sitting on the porch in the coldest weather. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's a perfect time right now to get all the bugs out. We got, we have a great group of select testers that are giving great feedback and the developers are, uh, are making the necessary changes. So up to this point, have you funded this yourself? Yes. Like all you, all of me, Okay. <laughs> all of me and all of everything. Congrats. <laughs> and I'm sorry at the same time, because that's, that really is both are applicable. So what's your plan going forward and, and tell us a little bit about how do you monetize this? Yeah, so uh, the the plan going forward is just is right now is to really just focus on the feedback from the testers um, and really get that user experience ready, and that's what we're really focused on. We want a very simple and personalized experience because that's what Paul Connects is all about. It's about building a a a pack of preferred playmates. Again, as we mentioned at the beginning, the dog is selecting the friends. So essentially, anytime you add a dog to your pack. All right. Anytime you select a dog and that, and that owner selects you as an approved member, you are now building your pack and that pack is personalized by your dog. But the way we, we would plan to monetize it is by offering special uh, rewards and special discounts to local boutiques uh, and just taking a percentage of the of the coupons that are purchased off Pawknex. Okay. And then there is also going to be a premium subscription service that we're offering where we, we add on additional features that we believe uh, our users are going to want to use on a daily basis. So this is an all app based product. All app based. Okay. So you're you're starting with, with Apple. Yeah. That's a good place to start. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, here in the United States and we've had listeners in 190 countries. So, um, believing that everyone that's going to listen to this is in the United States would be, would be a little naive, but you know, here in the U S you know, half of phones are Apple. Yeah. And you get out of out of the United States, and it and it tips way, way, way in favor of Android. And it's just because people outside the country, well, at Apple in a lot of countries is an import, so it's mm-hmm. already expensive. <laughs> and then you're going to add some import tax on top of it. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting the way that 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 goes. So, well, congrats on you know test flight's always an interesting yes. 
is always an interesting feeling because, um, and I recommend put it out there and hear what people have to say. The baby's going to be ugly no matter what. <laughs> There's no way around that. It's, it's not pretty now, but it, the way it functions is is amazing. And we're, we're very excited to actually, instead of seeing the money go out with nothing in return, that the money's been going out and now we have this this baby that was created. Now we just got to perfect it. Now that you have something to demonstrate, are you going to step up the fundraising activity? Yes, 100%. That was the goal. Because now we can confidently sit in front of investors and say, hey, we don't just have an idea. We have a product and it's functioning. Um, yeah, let's let's work together towards making this uh, the beautiful adult, fully functioning business that sure. that, that, we, that we know we can run. Yeah, apps are interesting because, um, you know, I always tell people when it comes to a software platform, um, one of the red flags I get when people come in to talk about full scale is they're like, when this is done, I'm like, man, software platforms yeah. never done. <laughs> There's always something to, oh, to yeah. figure out. Uh, but on the flip side, apps can actually be somewhat done. I don't want to say that they're ever really, quote, done. But there is a sense of finality that can that can occur with an app that is a little different. I mean, obviously, there's always things to improve and upgrade and fix. But, um, you know, but on the flip side of that, making updates and changes to an app, especially an Apple, like Android will put your changes up in like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Apple, you have to go through, you could, you, you have to go through a whole approval yeah. process yeah. and, and stuff like that. And let's talk about that for a little bit. So if anyone wants to, um, create an app, uh, the Apple store or iOS is a little challenging. You want to walk us through what you went through to get that. So lucky for me, I have a developing company that went through all that process for me. Uh, so I didn't quite experience that hands-on, but when they said it was ready, I then got feedback saying, oh, but we first have to let uh, Apple go through their, I think it might have been a, a three-day or if maybe a three-week approval process. And I was like, oh, I, I I did not know that was the way it, it worked. But I mean. It depends on what it is. Sometimes they're fast. Sometimes yeah. they're not. You have no idea. It's uh, it, It's been a journey. But again, luckily, we're doing it at kind of the perfect worst time because we can be slow right now because it's winter. Uh, but as long as we're ready by first day of spring or at least by, you know, you never know when it's going to warm up here in Kansas City. But as long as we, we have a fully functional product ready by when it's, once it's warm, I'm, I'm happy. I don't feel like we're, we're going too slow or too fast. Yeah. And, and for those of you that haven't done it before, you know, you can, you submit your app to Apple and you might wait a couple of weeks and then all you get is like, nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you're like, what? And they're like, this is not up to community standards or something like that. And you're like, shit, yeah, Apple has their, criteria. So you got, you got to keep, you got to keep working it out and figuring it out and submitting it. And then now once you get it accepted, they're a little less scrutinous, <laughs> but yeah, they definitely, uh, they definitely look at a bunch of different stuff. And then you also got to get, you know, you have to create a developer account. Oh man. I mean, they want to see that you're, you're legit basically and yeah, depending on what much. you're and then another thing too and and I've, I've literally you know if you're monetizing your app well they want some of that yeah <laughs> I'm, i actually i don't know whether they do, will or want but i'm guessing it depends on what you're doing if you're selling like i mean if if you're if your app is like a like a subscription yeah apple's going to take like 30 points mm. and i've seen people come in and talk to us about you know, becoming clients at full scale and, you know, they're, uh, I don't have to believe in your product to help you build it, 
but it, when I look at someone's plan and I see that they have just flat out left that part out, yeah, I've brought that up and seen some people's eyes pop wide open and they're like, oh shit, really? I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of your revenue. So you're <laughs> going to need to account for that, but that's how they make money. And, um, they have different, different, um, percentages that they keep for, and I could see your app moving towards a small subscription, a yeah, yeah, couple that, bucks a month or yeah, something and, like and that. And that's what we want. We, we want to go on a, on a yearly subscription. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we definitely want to move there because we have some additional features that of course cost us additional money to have on a monthly yearly basis. So we, we want to make sure that, uh, we, we accommodate for those operating costs. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to do, do certain things like, um, geolocation and yeah. things like that, where, you know, you could actually locate, you could probably have some friendly zones yeah. and say, here's a dog park and, you know, Hey, we're here. A little push notification slides across and, uh, and you're good to go. We may have some competitors listening. So, you know, so yeah, maybe, stop taking maybe, our ideas. maybe, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely want to leverage all the latest technology that we can to make the user experience that much better. Yeah. I don't think I gave away too much there. That <laughs> seems, that seems pretty straightforward. Um, what isn't straightforward is finding partners to have affiliate relationships with. And that's, and that's where like the, the relationship with Apple and their revenue sharing could get a little convoluted because, you know, obviously any places, there's a lot of places that sell pet stuff, yes. you know, and, and different things, but where do you get started? Like what, what, what are you focusing on first? Is it just like pet supplies? Is it something different or more services or? Yeah. So well, we being, uh, as being in the, in the, in the age range where everyone has dogs, not only are, does everyone have dogs, but I also have friends who have also started their own pet service and pet product providers. So we aren't starting with any particular business. We're just looking for any pet service or provider that wants to reach a niche audience, a sure. niche market. And of course, we're going to start with our friends just to show that, hey, what can I say to someone that doesn't know me to get them to buy into Pawknex? Right. So that's that's where we're going to start. And, we, and I have a great friend out there who runs a, an amazing uh, pet grooming, pet sure. pretty much a full-scale service provider um, called On the Ball. And it's uh, it, it's been very successful going forward. So I'm definitely going to leverage my relationship with with them and, and help and help build the, you know, the, the platform for Paul connects. Yeah. Service provider options, you know, service providers of any, any service in any industry, you know, leads are valuable yeah. and the lifetime value of, of a client for them can be pretty high. So yeah. there can be some, some fruitful relationships that come out of that. And then at the same time, you also got to make sure you're recommending quality service providers because if you don't that'll be the only recommendation that <laughs> that you you get moving um i mean there's some other things too like you know recently we learned that one out of 20 ish um people are providing insurance for their pets yes and you know that can be as an owner of a german shepherd um you talk about you know potential things like hip i mean it's like six seven grand if you yeah. got to replace a dog's hip yeah. And that's expensive. That's real. And and that's what that's what we want. Paul, again, that's that's information you can leverage. Hey, do yeah. I I have a German Shepherd? Do should I purchase pet insurance? Probably. Yes. Who yeah. should I purchase pet insurance for? Yeah. So I don't have to read the full agreement that nobody really reads. You you can leverage someone says, hey, but this is what I will look out for. If your dog already has hip problems, or if it's more than three, don't sign up for them because once you go to the doctor, they're going to say, oh, well, you don't qualify for the 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 payment plan or the premium or whatever it's called. So 
it's uh it's it's it, Paul Connects is, is really just focused on on spreading that information. And we want to focus on local niche markets or at least not markets, but lo- local niche uh, businesses. We, we don't want to go with the, the large pet co pet smart on our on our on our platform. We want the, the local businesses within your community so we can build a community as well as provide something that is unbiased and give the, the small business owners a chance to market to their consumers. Uh, the, the big conglomerates can spend 400 million on marketing, but um, you know, your local dog bakery may not be able to do that. It's sure. Connects is their way of, of reaching those customers. Yeah. And that's good. Um, you know, one of the things that, that is always a challenge is the empty marketplace problem as I love to refer to it. And, you know, if you're, you're creating, you have the sharing component, but when it comes to other things, you have to, if you have a marketplace, you need to fill up. It's always challenging in the beginning because people don't, People don't shop in empty stores. Yes. <laughs> so with that, you know, if you're planning on on a startup or anything that has any kind of marketplace in it, you should probably provision for the fact that you might have to give some stuff away for free yeah. for a while. Yeah. Is that part of the plan? Well, the thing about it is that for to market on our platform, uh, we, we would like to make that inexpensive. Where we want to generate our monetize is if you are offering a big 40% off first time users come in and you get your pet groomed for 20 bucks instead of 60, well, we will, we will take a percentage of the revenue that was generated off that voucher, off that coupon. And that's one way we'll monetize. And then the other way is just through our subscription. We want to make sure that we are providing features on the app that keep users coming back, which then keeps users buying more coupons and vouchers. Sure. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge, man. And these are the things that any startup founder has to deal with. All right. So what is something that has been a major challenge that you've had to overcome during this process? The biggest thing I I would say right now is finding co-founders. I'm I'm not really hungry for a co-founder, but I would love some uh, to bring in more of a rounded thinking. I'm not very uh, market savvy marketing or advertising advertising savvy, but I would love to bring in someone who has a passion for startups and has that ability to market Paul Connects at a, a level or at an angle that I can't possibly fathom in my technical head. Need a promoter. Yeah. Promoter. Uh, a hype generator. Oh man. Yeah. But that can be real. There's a num- there's a number of ways you could probably do that with or without a co-founder. Um, you know, one of the and if if those of you are looking for creative ways to get your platform off the off the um, off the ground, some little things like influencer marketing and stuff like that. We did an, a whole episode on that, and my friend Ryan O'Connell owns a company called Boomin, and he'll he'll speak the praises of of what he'll refer to as B and C level influencers. And these are folks that have a pretty expansive social network, but they're not, they're not like Kylie Jenner yeah. and they don't require a quarter million dollars for an Instagram <laughs> post, but um, you can be pretty targeted and specific with that. And, you know, pets, I've always joked that it's so easy to get likes when you have a pet, yes. a baby, <laughs> You know, those are like the two things oh, that yeah. you can, can like get can likes on. Yeah. Like I post a picture of my daughter doing anything on Facebook and I'm like, wow, I've got more social engagement <laughs> here than I I've got more th- likes than I have followers. I yeah. I mean, something. Yeah. Right, right, right. But there's a lot of ways to get out there. I mean, one of the things that you got to realize, though, is building a product, uh, building a user base and building a brand specifically. It doesn't happen fast. No. No. It takes time. That, that's probably what I would mention as a second challenge is knowing that, hey, yes, it's a great idea in your head. Yes, everybody wants it. 
A, it's not ready. And B, not everybody wants it or yeah. will find, find it valuable. I've even right. asked some friends, you know, when I've done the, the customer feedback on some of the features and I have some of them say, yeah, I'm just cheap. I don't, I, right. I, would, I would stick to your freemium based model. And you know, you have a great point because yeah. people are cheap People are cheap. and I see plans and stuff. And I always ask, I say, well, what's your path to revenue? And they said, well, if we can only get 1% of the market. I'm like, do you know how fucking hard that's going to be? <laughs> like for real, like, and I, you know, I hate to swear in the middle of your episode, Quentin, but there's no other way to put it. Yeah. Like 1% of the dog market would be massive. Massive. I mean, massive. Like that'd be dogs. millions and millions of users, but it's not quite as easy as, as people think it is. And, and I've, you know, I learned this, I've learned this the hard way. Like it's hard to get people to give you like five bucks a month, yeah. like a lot a lot, a lot harder than you might ever begin to think. And so, and you know, with that, that freemium model, it's like, you got to figure out where you're going to, how to convert, where you're going to draw the line, (laughs) how you're going to make money. So, and that's something too, that, you know, you have to, um, I mean, you have to be able to, if you're going to get someone to write you a check and invest in your product and do a lot of different stuff, that's the very first question they're going to, well, first off, do you have any revenue? No. Do you have any users? And you're like, no. And they're like, well, what's going to make that, you know, and apps are different too. Cause an app can be a lot of apps are, well, look at like snap and like some of these different things. They were just hyper-focused on getting users in. Yeah. I mean, that's the big key, fill up the marketplace yeah. and worry about the rest later. But that's not always a luxury that not all of us get $350 million <laughs> to, to work on that. And you know, years ago, I was in New York and I went to a meeting and, um, and I was, you know, I'm, I'm there and I'm like one block off of Times Square. And I went up to this dude's office and, you know, they had a big thing going on. I was like, who else is, who, who's across the street? Oh, that's Snapchat headquarters or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, so no one, no one big or anything, but, but yeah. And you know, that we had a conversation about how difficult at the time it was going to be for them to monetize their model yeah. in a lot of different ways. Cause I mean, the same way with Instagram. Do you pay for Instagram? Yeah, no. No, but there's enough people in there that we might pay for it yeah. to do some ads. So, well, man, I, I wish you all the best of luck. For those of you that want to go check out what Quentin's doing, you go to Paul Connects. It's P-A-W-C-O-N-X.com. While you're on the internet, you can also go to Instagram and throw them a follow. That's at Paul Connects. Uh, since you're already out Instagram, you can check out pictures of Quentin and I um, on the Startup Hustle Instagram. That's at Startup Hustle Podcast. You can also visit the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. So Quentin, as we finalize our episodes, we like to do what we call the Founders Freestyle. So you get to go first, but you can basically say about whatever you want, whatever you need here. I don't know if there's something that we could have potentially left unresolved throughout the episode. You can really do it. It can be advice. It can be a promo. It can be a, it can, I don't know. You can sing a song if you want. Well, I'm a terrible singer, but I will, I will take this opportunity <laughs> to talk about Paul Connects. Do it. And to the audience, uh, Paul Connects is, is the official platform for keeping your dog happy and healthy. We have created a simple, personalized platform to allow dog owners to interact, network, and collaborate while offering exciting rewards and special discounts to your local, uh, to your favorite local pet boutiques. Uh, We have a freemium model, which just allows you to meet other dogs at dog parks, meet other people, 
And our target, our, our focus is really to lower the, the social barriers to help you socially interact with uh, someone that may not that you may not otherwise connect with. You know, leverage the pureness and genuineness of your dog to connect with other 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 dog owners. I'm looking forward to giving you guys a good product and uh, look for us uh, once it starts getting warm here in Kansas City and then the worst of the world comes later. Well, I love it, and thank you for that. I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna freestyle out a, a, in, a, in a slightly different direction. I spent a lot of time in, uh, going to events and talking to a lot of different people, and a lot of folks um, basically ask, "Well, I don't I don't have the great idea, or I don't know where to start." Well, you heard Quentin earlier talking about you know wanting and needing a co-founder, and you know I'm not necessarily saying you should all call Quentin, although I think he'd be ready to listen. But keep in mind that there's a lot of people out there that already have things that are in motion. And, you know, your effort and your input and your skills and your, and your time and your talent can be as equally valuable to these kind of businesses in the early stage as someone else's check. And, you know, with that, you got to get out there and you got to look for different people that are doing different things. There's startup communities everywhere. There's meetups. There's all kinds of different things. But if, if you're looking to partner up with someone, then get out there and talk to everybody. You know, go to events, go to different stuff and say, hey, you know, especially if you have developer skills. I mean, if you can build stuff or you're like a marketing or salesperson or any stuff like that, there's a whole lot of different avenues that you can pursue, but they're not always going to find you. You got to get out there and you got to try and you got to do a whole lot of stuff. Um, you know, startups and entrepreneurship aren't for everyone. They're hard. They're going to put you through the ringer and you got to be ready for that too. So, but I think overall, um, find things that you're passionate about doing and then become passionate about helping them find success. Quentin, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for having me. Yep. See y'all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.